0: The Mishnais continue to discuss the various different ways of acquiring something and transferring ownership. And the first half of this Mishnah discusses the Kinyan, the form of transferring ownership, known as Khalipin. And Khalipin is really an exchange of two items, where as soon as one person takes the other person's item, automatically his own item is transferred to the other person as well. Even though in general, in order to acquire something, one needs to show ownership himself or he needs to bring it towards him, lift it up, whatever it may be. In the case of Khalipin, as soon as the other person took your item and he acquired that item for himself, automatically his own item becomes yours, even without you doing another act of acquisition. So, the Mishnah anything which literally becomes money for another item. And that means that you're using this as you're sort of buying the other item with your item. It's an exchange of two different items, says the Mishnah. As soon as one person acquires the item which he's buying, the other one becomes liable with the thing that he is exchanging. Meaning. Like we explained, he acquires it already now, and that means that if something happens to it, for example, it gets stolen, or it gets lost, or it gets destroyed somehow, so we don't say that the person who was selling it needs to replace it and give him another one. Since the ownership was already transferred, so it's considered that he already gave it to him. And the buyer would be the one to suffer the loss, because it's already considered to be his via this Kenyan of Khalipin. Kate said, how so? what would be an example of this case? Hechlif Shorba If he exchanged an ox for a cow, or a donkey for an ox, As soon as one of them acquires the item which he is buying, for example, the ox, he pulls that towards him, for example, so the other person would already become liable to the thing which he is exchanging for that, which he's getting in exchange, i.e., in this example, the cow. Meaning if something happens to the cow, then he would be the one who would suffer the loss because it is already considered to be his. Now, the second half of this Mishnah discusses forms of acquisition when it comes to the Besamikdosh. When giving something over to the Besamikdosh, there are typically two different ways entirely, of giving over something to the Besamikdosh. One is by making a nether, a vow, where you declare one of your possessions to belong to the Besamekdash. You designate it to the Besamekdash, and as a result and a consequence of that nether, since it is now designated totally to the Besamekdash, and you're obligated to bring it to the Besamikdosh, so it is actually now considered to be in the ownership of the Besamikdosh. And that is one more regular way of transferring ownership of something to the Besamikdosh. As well as that, the treasurer of the Besamikdosh, if they needed more things, whatever it may be, maybe more oil or more flour, so he would also be able to buy things for the sake of the Besamikdosh. Now, when it comes to the Hekdosh, to, to the Besamikdosh buying something, which is like a kesef. That thing which it's buying comes under the possession of Hekdash as soon as the treasurer, or the person buying it for the sake of the Vesamikdash, as soon as he gives over the money. Even though in general, giving over money is not considered to be a valid way of acquiring something, and even once one is, pa- once is paid for something he still needs to take it towards him or lift the item up in order to acquire it. Regarding Hekdesh, that is an exception, as in, and as soon as the treasurer gives the money and pays for the item which he is buying, the ownership is transferred to him. On the other hand, when a regular person is bringing something into his ownership, he has to do an action of acquiring, where he actually shows ownership of the item. And now the Mishnah adds that there is another way, like we explained, if somebody says that something, he declares something to be designated for the high, meaning for the Beit HaMikdosh, for the sake of Hashem, as soon as he makes that designation and that neder it is like doing a masira, giving over the item for a regular person. Giving over masira is one of the ways to acquire something, as we saw earlier on in this parak. So with regards to Hektash, just the mere act of saying and declaring that it should belong to the Beit HaMikdosh... That is enough to affect the transfer of ownership. Mr. Zayn, the rest of the Perek discusses different forms of mitzvahs and to whom they apply. Chomitzvah av all mitzvahs towards a child, which are placed upon the father to do. Mitzvahs of parents, which they need to do for their son. Men are obligated, meaning it's an obligation on the father, whereas women, meaning the mother, is exempt. So this, these mitzvahs would include giving the son a bris milah, doing pidin aben if he is a, if it's a firstborn son, teaching him Torah, teaching him a trade so that he's able to support himself, and marrying off, marrying him off to a woman. Those are really the five main obligations upon the father towards his son, and that is an obligation on the father and not the mother. Continues the mission of a mitzvah whereas all mitzvahs, Towards a parent, which are placed upon the child, both men and women are obligated, and this is referring to to honor one's parents as well as to fear and properly awe one's parents. Alright, next category, all positive mitzvahs which are bound to a specific time. For example, shaking arba minim on men are obligated, whereas women are exempt. Whereas grama any positive mitzvah which the time is not the cause for it, it's not bound to a specific time. both men and women are obligated in these mitzvahs. And all of these laws, all of these rules and statements of the Mishnah are learnt from Psuqim. It could be that some of these rules have exceptions, but this is the general rule and it is learnt from Psukim that these are this is the case, that women are obligated here and not obligated over there any negative mitzvah, any avirah, whether it is caused by that specific time or not, both men and women are obligated. All of the avirahs apply to both men and women, except for three avirahs which apply only to men, except for the prohibition of using a razor on one's beard, and the prohibition of not having payas, of rounding off one's head without leaving hair going down on the sides, and the prohibition for a male kohen to become tome from a dead body. Again, that would only apply to male kohanim, but not to female kohenim. This mission discusses many stages and different services in the, done in the Beit HaMikdash, when one would bring a korban, and it's basically a list of things which were only done if a man was bringing the korban, but not if it was a korban bought for a woman. And once again, this is learnt from Psukim. So first he begins the Mishnah, the requirement of smicha on a korban. Smicha is when one leans his entire body weight onto the animal, which he is about to slaughter for the sake of a korban. That's part of the atonement process of bringing a korban. The person bringing it would do that, and that only applies to a man who's bringing a korban, but not to a woman. That no Tanufa refers to... When they would shake and wave the parts of the carbon, certain limbs, in all directions, up and down and sideways. And usually the person bringing the carbon together with the kayein would wave the parts of the animal which will be brought on them as beach. They would do that tnuffah together, the ha Hagosha refers to bringing a carbon mincha. A carbon mincha is an offering of flour mixed with oil. And part of the actual service and process of the mincha was bringing, transporting the flour mixed with the oil towards the Mizbeach, towards the southwest corner of the Mizbeach, as well as the Antivac Mitzos and Kamitsa. Kamitsa is when one would bring the mincha. the comb would take a handful of flour, but the handful was only really a three-finger handful. So whatever flour fit within his three fingers, when they were stretched out on the palm of his hand, he would take that amount from the flour of the corn Mincha, and it would be burnt on as Beach. So this act of Kamitsa of taking that three-finger handful, again, that only applied to a corn Mincha brought by a man, the Hak burning that kamitsa of flour, and really this also refers to burning other korbanais on the mizbeach. vahamalikais. Malika refers to when a, a bird is brought as a korban, the way that the bird should be killed is with the nail of the koyain. He would have a very sharp nail on his thumb, and he would cut the neck of the bird before it is brought as a korban, vahazais, and the throwing of the blood towards the mizbeach. And lastly, the haqaboleis and the catching, the receiving of the blood. When an animal is slaughtered for the sake of the korban. so the first blood which squirts out of the animal, part of the aveda part of the service of the korban, is to catch that in a utensil. So all of these things, they apply to... Cases where a man brings a carbon, but not when a woman brings a carbon. Chutz on a zira, except for the carbon mincha which is brought by a seita. A seita is a woman who is accused by her husband of having committed adultery, and they go through a process in the base hamikdash, including bringing a carbon mincha on a zira. That's a female nazir who accepts upon herself certain prohibitions for a period of time, and when she ends that period of time, she has to bring a carbon as well. So, these two women's carbon, Shame and Nephis, they would go through the process of Tanufa where they would wave parts of the carbon up and down in all directions together with the Koyein, because the Torah explicitly says so regarding these carbonates. Or at least regarding the carbon of the Saito, it says it explicitly, and we learn from Psukim from Saitar to Nazira. So, there is one exception, but other than that, all of the things which we listed would only apply to a man's carbon, but not to a woman's carbon mission tests this discussion of the limitations of where exactly mitzvahs apply to whom this mission discusses the where where do mitzvahs apply? any mitzvah which is dependent upon the ground, for example, the various tides which one has to separate from his produce which grew in the land, enon heges only applies inside Eretz Yisrael. And this, uh, this refers to both positive mitzvahs and to Averus. If it has to do with the ground, it only applies in Eretz Yisrael itself, where the actual land is considered to be on a higher level. There is kedusha and sanctity in the land of Eretz Yisrael, vishenotlubo Whereas mitzvahs, which are not dependent on the ground, would apply both inside Eretz Yisrael and outside of Eretz Yisrael. Continues the mission of chutz, except for min orla. Orla refers to the prohibition of benefiting from fruit during the first three years. The first three years of a tree, any fruit which grow there are forbidden to eat or benefit from. And that applies to both um, trees inside and outside of Israel. On a mid level, there's a halacha of Moshe a special tradition going back to Moshe Rabbeinu from Har Sinai, which says explicitly that oral applies both inside of Eretz Israel and outside of Eretz Israel. Another exception, and this one is only with jabonon refers to va kilayim. Kilayim, kilayim, refers to the prohibition of planting two different species together. And the Mishnah now is referring specifically to planting a different species together with a vine. That is a more severe type of klayim, It's forbidden to even benefit from the results of that. And because of its severity, the Rabbonon decreed that even if it's done outside of Eretz Israel, it will be forbidden. And that is or Rebilliezer says, Another exception is Chodosh. Chodosh refers to the prohibition of eating grain, which grew that year before the Korban omer on Pesach is offered in the Hamikdash. Before that time, it's forbidden to eat the grain which grew that year. And according to Rebeliezer, that applies also to grain which grew outside of Eretz Israel, and he learns this from Psukim. So that would be the third exception, according to Rebeliezer.